welcome to the Soft Talk Week podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Renee. As a surrogate partner and intimacy guide, many times clients approach me to fix their dick. This led me to create Soft Cock Week in 2022, an annually celebrated week of education, appreciation, and normalization of the flaccid phallus. I'm so happy you're here. Before we get started, this podcast is not a replacement for medical advice. In fact, when you notice any change in your body, especially in how your penis is functioning, please always seek medical consultation first. Now let's get started. Mm, welcome to Soft Cock Week. I think this is like my third interview for this week. I don't know what order they're going to come out in, but welcome everyone listening. Um, I'm Michelle Renee. I'm a surrogate partner, intimacy guide, and professional cuddler in San Diego. And today I get to talk to one of my colleagues, Kyle Hoffman. Um, I've known Kyle for quite a few years, and he can talk maybe in his intro, like how long he's been um, with Cuddlist, because that's how I know him. Um, and he was so generous to reach out and say, I want to support Soft Cock Week. What are the options? And I have like a menu of ways that my colleagues can support this. And um, he was so generous to say, I'll just come on and, and talk about my experience in my relationship to Soft Cock Week. So um, thank you, Kyle, for being here. Um, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. Um, Michelle, thank you for that introduction. It's so it's a pleasure to get to spend time with you and this community. Uh, so yeah, I'm Kyle Hoffman. He is. Uh, I've been uh, professionally, I do life and intimacy coaching and touch and cuddle therapy. And often I combine touch work with coaching together. Uh, also lead workshops around cuddling and emotional, physical intimacy, clothing, optional spaces and I've been expanding more this year into one-on-one -on -one work, some closing up, clothing optional work and sensual work. Um, yeah, professionally been doing this work for a little over five years and I've been on a, a personal journey around my own sexuality and body for a lot longer than that. Um, and as I was just like thinking before we came on, I was one. I was I was noticing that I felt some nervousness and and fear because the old tapes in my head are like, oh, if I'm public about the fact that my like cock isn't hard and ready to go all moments of the day, then like my dating life will be ruined. Like my I'll never have sex again. Um, yeah. So first, like I wanted to start there. That wow, noticing how at least my experience, how powerful those messages, that story is. Yeah. Even for like you, you volunteered to do this, right? There was a point where you're like, yeah, I'm comfortable talking about this. And then it turns into like, but what does this mean about me? Which is the exact reason why we're doing this is like, even, you know, we have this mutuality in, in working in touch. And I too, I'm, I'm coaching in that space more than I'm not coaching in that space. And I like to share with clients, like, I'm still on my journey. I don't expect me ever to be in a, I've mastered everything and there is no more work to be done. Um, we're all just practicing. So thank you for being vulnerable about those feelings coming up. Um, I, those are familiar feelings. I know I, I tackle them too. So thanks for doing it anyways. Like it's the difference mm. between an edge and a boundary, right? 
you're like stretching yourself, but you're not violating your boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And um, I think, I think part of my desire to share that people listening is that, um, is that, yeah, I don't think any of us also, like I said, I don't think any of us expect people to feel totally comfortable about their penis or body parts. Ho however, it's showing up that, because I know for me in the self, like I'm so into self growth that sometimes I can judge myself for not being like evolved enough. Like, oh, well, I should be more comfortable with it. <laughs> I should be total of no negative feelings about my penis whatsoever. So yeah, I appreciate that we're all on the journey. Um, and I mean, if, yeah, if, I think it's, you, you feel free to guide me and like one story about my own experience that I like to share. I think it's, I think it's helpful. And like, I, it would have been lovely for me to hear it like earlier in my life was um, somewhere in my mid twenties, I had uh, challenges at times, like having, having erections when, when having sex. Um, I don't know exactly why it started. Uh, definitely though, then my, my performance anxiety and like overly focusing on it, like increased the snowball <laughs> uh, as far as, yeah, the, the challenge having erection. Um, and I just, I feel like I really experienced the uh, unevolved and like, or not as evolved as what I'd like and, and not as educated what I like um, kind of our, our culture and even like medical system around it. Like I talked to my doctor and I was like young twenties, very healthy. He's like, Oh, well, yeah, I could give you a Viagra. And, and the little bit that I know, I was like, wait, like, I don't think that's the right way to go. And like, that's like your first line of defense. Um, um, so, and, and I had, yeah, researched and heard some before that, um, that I think often for, and I'm not a medical professional, medical advice, but just, just warnings about Viagra. Um, and, and, um, and then actually like what really helped me was doing some talk therapy about it. And one therapist recommending that I slow down the pace at, I mean, I, so slow down uh, how quickly I get to, especially penetrative sex, because that, especially while using condoms, was the place that uh, most time, almost like yeah, challenges of uh, not being erect when I wanted to, and that was super helpful. That was probably the most helpful thing I got, and um, it also gave me unexpected benefits of like, in general, I'm like, Oh, wow, I really enjoyed this slowing this down more. And like, and like I'm actually uh, enjoying the moment more and, and it's feeling more intimate than, so th that was also helpful to get me off of like the, the goal oriented. The PIV train, right? The penis and vagina train of like, this is what sex is and anything else just isn't real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, can I ask you more? Like, so yeah. 
a lot of times I get, um, I, I thank you for saying that this started in your early twenties, because mm. I think sometimes we think that uh, uh, erectile disappointment is something that happens mm. when we're older. And so when we're younger and we're having this issue, it must just be us, right? There is right. nobody else because I'm not old yet. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's, yeah. That, you know, I think is an important topic to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, what I hear you say is that you, you correct me if I'm wrong, that with condom use, you would lose your erection or um, that um, knowing you needed to use a condom, like it, 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 it broke the, the chain of, of energy. Like, how would you describe how that was coming up back then or not coming up back then? There's so many puns in this, in this, this week. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be so good. <laughs> um, see. So like, I think my, my biggest challenge at that time and and even like i'm i'm you know i'm learning as we go and even i'm i'm like conscious of the word like challenge well, is that really the right word but anyways uh the thing that felt like a challenge at the time was um me being erect enough to 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 have penetrative sex to start and then to keep going like my penis not getting too soft uh they're staying hard enough such that like a condom would stay on mm -hmm. and so i think there was a number of reasons why penetrative sex i had more um challenges staying erect uh one it was more obvious well i felt like for me it was more of a big deal if i got soft because then okay maybe we have to stop or have to like or condom would maybe have to do a new condom whereas if I was, let's say, like receiving oral sex or, or pleasure from hands, um, I feel a lot more comfortable with my erection or say my penis like flowing um, because I feel like it wasn't as much of a break in the thing. It, it just so so then I so I was worrying more, of course, you know, worrying more about the penetrative sex, worrying about am I going to stay hard? Didn't. Uh, yeah, just not as much pleasurable stimulation because of that physical barrier in between. I'm not a huge proponent of condoms, but that was just um, part of it for me. Yeah. So I think that those, those are the main reasons and, and the, that little bit of time of like, okay, now I'm pausing to put on the condom and uh Oh, and then the worry of, uh Oh, is my erection going to go down in that little break while I'm like changing my brain from kind of being more emotional to like <laughs> yeah practical well i love that you got the the recommendation to slow down i kind of how do you feel about pausing real quick to be like okay and now here's a tip from a pro like i if i was better at editing i would be like i would pause this and i would come in with like okay and here's some workarounds here just in case this is is a, a situation for you at home um what, what comes to mind is a couple things one, I often tell clients to start masturbating with a condom on mm -hmm. as a way to like desensitize to that mm -hmm. having a condom on and the difference of it, right? Mm -hmm. it, it just, because it is a different sensation. Mm -hmm. um, that's one tip that I give people. The other one is try using internal condoms on your mm -hmm. partner so that you're not having to actually put a condom on. The internal condom could be placed inside the vagina before sex even started. 
right? So there's some some workarounds. If that is the thing that's holding or hanging up the person at home listening to this, mm-hmm. those might t- be two really wonderful things to try. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in there. But ultimately, I love the overall theme of slowing down and getting away from that hard penis focused or centered version of of intimacy. Yeah. Sexual intimacy. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Michelle. Yeah. Please jump in it. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, and I, at some point I definitely remember masturbating with a condom. I don't remember who told me that or when, but yeah, I feel like that was, that was definitely helpful for me for both the sensation as well as the confidence of, or I mean, yeah, the experience and the confidence of, Oh, I, I can masturbate for a while and, and stay erect for a while. Um, because, yeah, I think mainly the thing um, occurring for me with a partner was was fear. I mean, it was like performance mm-hmm. anxiety, fear of judgment, fear of, oh, if I don't perform this way, will she call me back, whatever. Um, and that's a yeah. surefire way to have erectile issues, right? <laughs> like, and then when you get into that loop mm-hmm. and all you're thinking about is fixing the erection. Mm-hmm you're not going to fix the erection. It's like you have to let go of the erection so that it can even come back. It's like, it's like that weird relationship excuse, like set it free, (laughs) like set it free. And if it returns, it was meant to be right. It's like set the erection free. And, and, and if it returns great. And if it doesn't, and this is okay. As a surrogate partner, probably the number one when working with, with cis men is like, fix my dick. Why do I have these ED issues? And I don't have a magic wand. And it's so hard when they first start the work for them to, to hear me say this. I say it. I don't think they listen to me. I think they just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't, I have no magic cure for your erectile issues, right? It might be that slowing down helps. It might be that building safety in the relationship, which is also part of the slowing down. I think I'm um, mm-hmm. slowing down the whole relationship, not mm-hmm. just when we're in physical contact with each other, but that might be the thing that fixes it. But what if we got away from the idea of fixing it? Right. And just being in connection with another person, however, mm-hmm. our bodies are showing up because you might have an issue with your erection, but your partner, especially if you're in a heterosexual relationship, might also be having a similar issue, but you can't see it the same way, mm. right? So how would we like to connect right now? What would feel good to me right now? And it doesn't have to be even anything sexual. Mm. There are so many other ways to connect mm. and build intimacy. So my soapbox. Um, <laughs> uh, so Kyle, um, so. So go, going back to your story. So you, mm-hmm. you, you took the advice and you slowed things down. What happened next? Bring yeah, us back. This. <laughs> well, I guess I'm just going to stay here and listen. Michelle, I feel like this, 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 I'm going to, I might look back and mean like, oh, this was the moment where like, I, I stepped even more in my career, like more even like more specifically or majority focused on sexuality because this is just so much fun for me so thank you <laughs> loving it um, i'm happy to do this with you yeah um well one i wanted to specify that 
for me, slowing it down meant uh, instead of having this old track of uh, like, oh, if we're going to be sexual, the first the first time that we're sexual, it has to go to penis and vagina sex and orgasming. Yeah. Um, to, oh, maybe the, the first time we'll, um, we'll, we'll make out and maybe we'll have some hands touching and, and nothing more. Um, or, or maybe you'll go to like oral and, and nothing more like the first time and maybe even two or three or four dates or times that we're sexual together. And that, that was so amazing for me because it built, it built more emotional closeness and I don't even know if I knew this back then, but I've, I've really been noticing that I'm, I think I'd say more, uh, more and more I'm, I'm demisexual and like sapiosexual. So emotional connection is really important for my sexual turn on, uh, intellectual connection really. So yeah, feeling that with someone, um, <clears throat> so that really helped the turn on for me be stronger and my penis more erect when I wanted to. And and we were also getting closer and I was feeling more secure in the relationship. So I didn't have as much of a worry of, oh, if this doesn't go how I hope this time, like our relationship, our dating is, is going to end. So those were all, yeah, really helpful for me. And I, I notice, I think it's, I still notice this, that um, I get so, so much more comfortable over time. Uh, when with a new partner, the first time, the second, third, fourth, fifth, like, yeah, I mean, in, in so, in so many ways and that allowed, I think my body to just to be beating me more in my sensation, more in the moment. And at times it means like being erect versus having my energy and focus. Um, yeah. My head. Where, like, where is your, like, where is your, your thoughts at? Right. I have, um, I'm working with a client around the same issue right now. And, you know, if, if all we're thinking about is what's happening with our penis, how are we even enjoying this other person in the space with you? Right. Like it's, it's, it's like, it's like meditation. Mm -hmm. Your, your thoughts drift, maybe, maybe his thoughts drift back to what's happening with his erection or mm -hmm. not having an erection. And, in be like, nope, just bring it back. Can I follow where, where is, where is my body in contact with Michelle's body? Right. Can I, can I point, can I pinpoint where are her fingertips? Like, and that's how I kind of direct him back like a meditation practice. It's not, it's not bad that you thought about your penis, but let's just bring it back to the present and what's happening right now in your body and not think about what's happening specifically with the erection. Maybe it's thinking about what what does this touch feel like for Michelle on my penis or some other part of my body rather than how it's responding? Yeah. yeah There's so... so much education that we're missing, right? A lot of what I think about this is like, if we just had more robust sex education to say, like not using porn as our education because porn sex isn't real sex. Mm -hmm. Like it's just... It's it's like it's like a it's like a podcast, right? We could edit, do all these things. Kyle and I might have a part of this conversation that later we decide we don't want to show, right? Yep. It's the same thing with porn. 
right? We might have areas we don't want to show or the porn isn't showing, you know, what it takes to get ready to be in a place to have sex. I um, didn't know about responsive versus spontaneous desire until after my first marriage ended. And um, to, to kind of catch everyone up, I mean, if you learn something new, Kyle, that's cool. Um, but in the book, Come As You Are, everyone should read it, whether you're a vulva owner or not, because I think it's, I think we all, it's written, written, directed towards women, but it's, it's, the message is still the same. And I think men are really losing out on this. They need, you guys need to understand, everybody needs to understand that we don't all get hit with a lightning bolt of sexual desire. Right. And I think men are so used to, or penis owners are so used to, oh, my dick is hard. I should go fuck something. Right. It's time for the sex. My dick is hard. And if you are not a, a spontaneous desire person, or it has changed, and sometimes that changes because we get more, we're in a new phase in our relationship. Right. Something, it's not bad. It's just different. Right. So, so to know like that you might not be a spontaneous desire and that it's a responsive desire, which means I have to be aroused before sexual desire shows up. And you might go, how does that work? Right? It's like, you've got to have that owner's manual to how, how sex works for you. And so for me, I have brakes and accelerators, like you press the gas pedal or you press the brake. And if you are pressing the brake while pressing the gas, you're still not going to go anywhere, right? So for me, one of my accelerators is hearing my partner's sounds. I love moans, sighs, all that stuff, very audible. I don't even need a picture. Just hear some stuff in my ear. That's my accelerator. My break, which can be so self-imposed if I'm not careful, is expectations of having sex, yeah. right? So if I either my partner is expecting sex or I'm expecting sex, shuts me down, mm-hmm. right? So I have to like play a little like, you know, mental gymnastics with myself and say, we're not going to go have sex. We're going to go be together, connect probably get naked and cuddle and talk, fill my connection bucket. Right. And then as we're in just like, you know, just casual contact with each other, things start to, you know, the the thoughts start to change. If I touch something that I know, and I know how to do this, I know there's certain things I can do that elicit a certain response from my partner, which then gets me aroused And then the sexual desire can come online and then we're off to the races, right? But if you don't know that because you haven't had that education, I thought I was broken. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was married, it was, why don't you want sex? Mm -hmm. And I just thought I clearly I'm just broken. And then I read come as you are. And I cried because Mm -hmm. I'm not broken, Mm -hmm. right? I just need to know how I work and we all work differently. Right. So, so, so Kyle, have you figured out what some of your brakes and accelerators are and not from a place of to get to PIV sex, mm-hmm. not to get to a place to be hard enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can have, you can have PIV sex 
without being as hard as if you were wanting to have like anal sex that requires a very very rigid cock right the entrance the the entrance is very different for those two locations right so so have you figured out your your brakes and accelerators uh, well one i think that it's new terminology for me so one i i love that and um i was really relating to you that for me um I think like expectation is a, I guess like a double-edged sword or two-sided coin. Uh, sometimes for me, it can really turn me off um, or just feels like yucky or, or weird or yeah, I don't know. Um, pressure. Yeah, right? pr- exactly. Yep. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Pressure. And then, yeah, it starts like, oh, well, what if I'm not aroused or et cetera. Um, and also expectation can be incredibly sexy and hot, like, like, not with photos, but like texting about sex, uh, things yeah. like that beforehand. The build up, right? Yep. It's like, what is, where's the line between build up and expectation, mm-hmm. right? And I think it comes down to, sorry, I, I, I don't want to derail this, but I think this is where our work comes into play here. I think it comes down to, am I safe with this partner to say no if I change my mind? Yep. Right. And that's what that that is like the key for me is that I have a, a super wonderfully comfortable relationship where I can do that and not have any negative mm-hmm. feelings about it coming from my partner. Mm-hmm. Right. We all probably I mean, yeah, it's you know, if you're really revved up and your partner can't meet you there, we have options of other things to do. Right. But like nothing feels worse than a partner that mopes. Mm-hmm. And, and can't come in with a thank you for taking care of yourself, mm. right? I want my no to be maybe celebrated is a strong word, but really I want it to be celebrated. Ideally, yeah. right? That I can, that I'm taking care of myself, and that my partner knows that I'm not putting myself in something that I don't want to be in because mm-hmm. it will not feel the same, and honestly, it will hurt the future. It will hurt the future. You will not be able to show up. It's, it's, it reminds me of, you might've heard this back in Cuddleist training back in the day, because I remember Madeline Guinazzo telling the story a lot, but some study about kids in a playground and how, when they have, and this came up on another episode that I recorded the other day, when they have a good fence line, they are, they, they, they actually get farther away from the teacher or the person mm-hmm. holding the space. They can take mm-hmm. more chances because they know they're, they're, there's a container, mm-hmm. right? And I think of the, the yes and the no as that container of, I can, I can take the risk of saying, yeah, I want to connect with you. Because if I didn't have the ability to say no, I might not be willing to even take the risk of jumping into bed with you in building that connection with you. Yeah. You might just go, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. Yeah. Or whatever is I'm busy or whatever it is. It's yeah. Yeah. It, and you, well, I, I don't want to speak for you. I'll say, I'll speak myself at like, and I, I may actually like not be in the mood because I'm like, because that, that fear or concern of person having expectations for me. Uh, yeah. is, is a, a turnoff. And I think you, yeah, you're speaking to it so well, that difference for me, I want me and my partner to be able to fully express ourselves in the moment. Um, um, hmm. This this feels 
this feels edgy for me. It sounds like on, on here, I can talk about like specific. You can talk yeah. about whatever you want. <laughs> yes. Yeah, cool. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so it was like, uh, very recently, um, I was going to be meeting with a, a dating and, and said something like, well, let's see, let's see. It was, it was this year said, uh, like, you know, may, may have been, uh, may have been dreaming of like face fucking you this morning, something like that. And, and that's, that's so hot for, for both of us. And it's like expressing in the moment. And, and when it works for me is with, when we both know that that doesn't mean it actually has to happen tonight or, or ever, mm -hmm. like we may both have hopes for that. Yeah. So, so that's, I appreciate the conversation that helped me become more clear about what the difference is, like maybe expectations versus desire and hope in the moment. Yeah. The idea is really hot mm -hmm. of face fucking you, right? Mm -hmm. And cool if all the stars align and you want me to face fuck you and I have the cock to face fuck you, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes those things never have to come into fruition, right? Just because it's a fantasy does not mean it has to be reality. I can have, I have lots of fantasies that I, if I want to do something, I am resourced enough that I have always been able to make that bucket mm -hmm. list happen. I live a very privileged life mm -hmm. and there are still things that are on the list of that's really hot to think about, but I'm not, I, I, I'm not interested enough to make it happen, you know, unless it shows up in the moment. Yeah. I spit on someone the other day. Didn't know I wanted to do that. Right. Like, cool. But I probably won't find me sending a text message saying, oh, I really want to spit on you. Maybe. Who knows? We all evolve. Yeah, we certainly do. We certainly <laughs> do. Um, well, if, if you want, I, I could go, I could go back to my, I think you had asked me kind of like, how did the story continue? Do you want me to go there? Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Okay. Please. Yeah. yeah. So I, no, I love little it. rabbit trails, like, or what do you call them? Little, yeah. yeah. Rabbit holes. Yeah. <laughs> For this podcast, we'll call it holes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. So it was really, uh, those changes were really effective for me. Um, I think I pro maybe at well I'll say is it it went really overall it went really well with my partners like slowing it down I um generally just positive response I think I had some fear at the mo at at that time of like oh will they just be disappointed that I don't want to have PIV sex or something uh, at this time but it was just really really enjoyable um and i remember yeah i mean a positive experience was this woman said oh actually i think that was really good for me to have um to have pleasure and then have an orgasm that didn't involve intercourse she's like because that's that's such my go-to so that was positive for her mm. and and then as i had some experiences where where, where this went well and then the first time that I was having PIV sex with new partners um I was mostly erect how I wanted then my confidence increased again or predictions and and the performance anxiety decrease and it and, and it'll still show up a little bit but it that mostly um 
yeah, I'm, I'm so conscious of, at first, my first words would be like solve the issue, but you know, at the same time, it's not. Right. But I think you know what I'm saying. It, it that's what changed it for me. It's what changed things. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's the thing. There's going to be people listening to this podcast that have some kind of diagnosis that says this erectile issue is is permanent mm-hmm. for for whatever sure. reason. And to them, I want to say the message mm-hmm. is you can still have sex, yeah. right? You can still have pleasure. You can still have orgasms. You mm-hmm. can still masturbate. You can still do all the things that are just going to be different mm-hmm. for the people that are just dealing with um, some anxiety, performance anxiety. Um, you know the 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 whole like it happens once and then we just ruminate on that and like we're we're killing our boners that mm-hmm. way. Um, like broadening the scope of what does sex mean to you can really. Um, keep you in play in like like even going as far as saying your erection is not allowed here what does that do sometimes that's the thing that really kicks it in and maybe it's not right but there's so many ways to have sex and in we just haven't been taught about all these things i keep bringing up um something i heard on um a podcast with joe court and Barry McCarthy. Joe Court is a therapist in Detroit. And actually, he's going to end up on one of our episodes for Soft Cock Week. And he was interviewing Barry McCarthy, who wrote really, who's written really great books, but two in particular that I have on my bookshelf, one for erectile dysfunction and one for premature ejaculation. And so he was talking, Barry was talking about in a lot of heterosexual relationships, the sex stops because the the man stops initiating because he doesn't have reliable erections. And it, it goes back to that learning about responsive desire, you know, and expanding the education. And yeah, it's different. They're not, you know, men's erections have been known to be easy. I don't know if that's, if they're really easy. Cause I think that a lot of people get, enough of an erection they move into intercourse or something like that when they're not actually fully aroused like just because your dick is hard doesn't mean that you're ready to move forward um you could have more pleasure you could have more sensation maybe if you waited a little bit and built up a little bit like there's there's lots of you know you could dial this in and tweak and do all the things right um but ultimately if you're thinking the only way you can have sex is with your with an erection, then I really challenge you to reevaluate what does sex mean? Mm-hmm. Is it just about getting to ejaculate? Is it about connecting with your partner? Right? And like asking those questions, what would feel good to you right now? I just always think of like the, the sexy version of the three-minute game, right? Where... <laughs> You, you put it all on the table. It's like, how would you like me to touch you for three minutes or 10 minutes or whatever your parameters are, right? And just getting to, to direct exactly what would feel good to you right now yeah. or how I want to touch you for 10 minutes in, in a way that would feel good to me. Like so often, so, so big surprise that a lot of people come to me with erectile issues, right? And, and I have this one client who is so lovely with his words and he's always sending me feedback stuff. And, and he, he always celebrates the way that I normalized having a soft penis 
like in my presence mm -hmm. that I'm still very excited to be with him. Mm -hmm. And, and there's something mm -hmm. really wonderful for me, very joyous about playing with a soft cock. Mm -hmm. That can be a really reparative process mm -hmm. for people. Mm -hmm. So like for couples listening mm -hmm. to this, if the partner can get really enthusiastic mm -hmm. about how fun it is to, 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 to pet them, mm -hmm. right. To, you know, they're, they, a blowjob with a soft penis is so much easier. <laughs> Maybe for some go longer. My and jaw <laughs> gets, gets, has a problem. And also I don't think, a, I don't think of oral sex as something that has to go to orgasm, right? That's another thing. That's an interesting, um, breaking down what we think is supposed to happen. I remember, um, this is a pretty personal story, but I used to wake my partner up with a blowjob every morning and, and he didn't really appreciate it. And when I was, I was, I was telling the story to my ex-husband and my ex-husband goes, he doesn't appreciate it. And I go, no, he just, you know, he doesn't seem to appreciate it enough, but I, I go, um, I only do it for a couple of minutes. It's just really to wake him up and start his day on a happy note. He goes, you don't make him come. And I'm like, oh, I'm not putting that much work into it. This is just like almost like kissing you good morning. Like, can we can we start to have little little micro interactions like that? If you if you have to take, I mean, that's why it has the name job on it, right? Like, if it has to become this thing that has to go to a certain point, or you're not done. <laughs> like, play, you know, be mm -hmm. playful. Stop when you when you feel done, right? Do it until it feels good. I remember working with a client and he's like, you should give classes on hand jobs. Mm. And I was like, I'm not doing anything other than being present and really enjoying what I'm doing. Right. It's, it's like, I'm doing it for me, not for you. And, and, you know, if people start to pull those things apart again, back to the, like the wheel of consent and, I'll put in the show notes, like go read the art of receiving and giving the wheel of consent by Betty Martin and start to really look at who is this for play with that with a soft penis. And I think um, the world could really expand for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Mm -hmm. I realize as we're talking that, yeah, and I want to own that those, those initial words of like, Oh, that like solved the issue for me. Like that was still like coming from, yeah, my old paradigm and you know, an old teaching of, uh, yeah, yeah. This, this is the goal or whatever. So yeah, I, I so yeah, I definitely want to, I want to keep what I, I shared because I, yeah, for humanists and, and say what feels more accurate and better for me is, um, is, is really just changing those things changed, um, changed my experience with my body and, and made sex and connection more enjoyable in many ways. And, and mm -hmm. in many ways, and actually the most, I think the biggest ones were um, the more slowing it down and, and being in the intimacy and in the moment um, and savoring more, more savoring. And um, the words are like stewing in. I mean, it's not too super sexy, but but in those new experiences, like oh, really soaking in this experience of the first time that we're kissing versus like okay, like we went through that for like 10, 15 minutes, and like now on to the next new thing. Is, yeah, 
Yeah. Do you, um, do you ever, do you ever have a conversation with new partners around how you show up? Like, do you ever give like a, I, I don't want to use the word warning. Cause again, it goes back to that. Like this is a negative mm. thing, mm-hmm. but you're, I mean, you're somebody who is very communicative mm-hmm. and I don't know if that translates into, you know, sexual situations, but for me, I know that, especially as a pro mm-hmm. in this world, um, I kind of give the rundown. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I kind of, um, educate, mm-hmm. do a little bit of, of education, um, as we're about to play mm-hmm. together for the first time of like, Hey, these are things that are like, again, if there's an expectation, mm-hmm. that's a turnoff for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love hearing sounds. That's a big turn on for me. It's kind of like part of the elevator mm-hmm. speech mm-hmm. of, you know, safer sex kind of stuff. Do you ever wonder, because you do run into this every once in a while, um, are you ever like ready to to pad the experience with like a, hey, just so you know, I'm super into you. Mm-hmm. And if my erection doesn't mm-hmm. show up the way that that we might think it would, mm-hmm. it's not because mm-hmm. I'm not into you. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I think a lot of people internalize that. Yeah. That's a good point. And a great question. Um, uh, I don't think I have in recent years. I, I may have said that more in the past, like when just my, my experience, my erections were different. Yeah. Um, and what it does rem- <laughs> What it what this does remind me of was um like one like longer term partner that I was with while I was um having some erection this disappointment and even at that point I feel like I'd evolved I feel like I was significantly more comfortable with it and um and and yeah she wasn't she she had and her it brought up her stuff of like like am, am I not sexy enough or am I doing something wrong or da 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 and, and I was like no it's all good and also actually like. I understand, but like, but you, you like worrying about or getting upset or angry or whatever, like that's actually just going to like, <laughs> that's going you know, yeah, to really decrease arousal and safety and, and erection. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But it's so, I remember when I first started dating after my divorce, um, I spent the first year just kind of, well, maybe not quite a year, but close to a year. Um, quote unquote dating, I'm just going to say fucking because I was not really dating. I was just kind of trying the buffet that was the, the, the th- I, I got married when I was 20, 21 to my high school sweetheart. Hadn't had a lot of experience. I mean, there was some stuff inside the relationship, whether it be, you know, uh, three ways and things like that. I also, I, I was a cheater old Michelle, Michelle 1.0, um, didn't know how to, um, how do I word this? Did not have the toolbox to either extricate myself from that relationship or to actually work on the problems in that relationship. So full disclosure in case my ex-husband's listening to this, cause he hates when I don't declare <laughs> that I was a cheater. Anyways, I didn't have a lot of experience. I didn't have a lot. I didn't have my 20s of sewing my oats, as they say. Like, I didn't have that. So I did spend a lot of time kind of trying things out. And I know for myself that I had to, like, check myself that this was not about me. And and that's really freeing. And it's still a practice. Mm -hmm. 
it goes back to that whole just because we're pros doesn't mean that we've conquered all these things. They still show up sometimes like, oh, my gosh, do I work on body confidence Mm. and, you know, you know, sexual confidence in these things. And I'll tell you, I was with a play partner the other day and the words that crossed my head or my mind, do I deserve this? Mm. And I said those out loud just to, I need to Mm. get them out of my, out of my head and, and have it shut down. Like, of course you deserve this, right? Like we're not a hundred percent spot on. We're still human beings. Yeah with history that that creeps up once in a while right which which reminds me i made myself a note from earlier when we were talking um i imagine part of that like um old old kind of stuff that comes up for you is like as a coach you haven't fixed your dick Mm. right you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's like to say that if I help a woman figure out why she hasn't been orgasming or why she's never orgasmed, that I never mm. experienced that myself, you know, like there's still times and I can tell you when it happens. If I have betrayed my yes and mm. my no, sure. if I have let a, a sexual encounter go farther than what I really wanted it to go because I, I want my partner to have a good time or whatever. Sure it will shut me down for a couple of days. My body is like, whoa, bitch. You did that thing you used to do, right? You did that thing that you used to do that was really fucked up and traumatic for your body, right? Because coercion, if you are being pressured into having sex, whether it's you're pressuring yourself, your partner's pressuring you, society is pressuring you, it lands in your body as if it was an assault. Even though we don't think of it as quite the same thing, our bodies are like, whoa, what are you doing? Right. And so for me, the minute I do that, it's like it becomes really difficult, almost like I lose my orgasm. You know, so again, learning to really be authentic in how you're showing up and um, making sure that yes and no yeah. exist and that you honor it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. We always go back to that. I feel like mm-hmm. everywhere in our, our type of work, whether we're working in platonic spaces or in sensual or erotic spaces, it's that same skill set. And how do you do it in an erotic space if you haven't mastered it in the platonic space? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so appreciate you, Michelle, and authenticity. Um, it's reminding me of I'm going to paraphrase a, a quote of something like, um, um, like spend, spend time with those who are seeking the truth and run from those who claim they've found it. Mm, the gurus. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. I, just, oh, yeah. Know, I feel the chills and why it's a powerful quote for me. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll relate that, um, yeah, this, this year where I was with his first time sexual new partner and I, yeah. And I was, I was, it was going faster, like, um, as far as in, in terms of sexual intimacy than what I would have chosen my mind myself, 
partly was hot because she was so into it. Um, and partly though was definitely, oh, I don't want to disappoint her or want to call back, that kind of stuff. Um, and then I did, I did notice um, when we were um, going to have penis and vagina sex that I, I did notice some, some fear of mine, some of the old thoughts of like, oh, I'm going to be hard enough or da, da, da. Like, uh, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's a great point of how when, yeah, when I don't honor myself or not as authentic, then yeah, the, the older stuff or just my body is, yeah, responds. As, as we were talking earlier, I wanted to say that I, I now, I now um, look back on a lot of the sex that I had in like my twenties, um, and for reference, in 2023, I'm 37, um, and I'm like, like, did I, like, how much of that did I actually enjoy? Like how much of that was I like actually really present and like enjoying and soaking it in. And cause, cause a lot of it was the, what was, yeah. Having the goal focused and it's like, partly it was a goal for me, but partly it was like, Oh, I need to do this. I should do this to be a man to satisfy my partner. Um, and just, it was like so less present. So, and, and in our conversation, I'm thinking about, how how think that's a great example of the erection or having an orgasm during sex where like that doesn't make it good because like there were times where I did both of those things and I didn't enjoy it that much. It wasn't it, like maybe it looked good from a camera or whatever, but I wasn't emotionally or mentally enjoying it that much in my body that much because uh I was so focused on the task. Um yeah, I'm trying, wanting to find a little better words to describe it, but hopefully I'm communicating. Yeah. I was workshopping sex. That's what I would call it. I was workshopping sex and, and it's worked out. I mean, it, it really helps me in what I do now because I can relate to a lot of different circumstances and situations where I'm like, oh yeah, when I have a hard time um, getting uh, out of my head enough, one of my little mm -hmm. tricks up my sleeve back in the day was 69ing. That when you have a job to do, you can, I could take the focus off mm -hmm. of me and not even like not think about me so much enough mm -hmm. that I could concentrate on the pleasure and not be in my head about what I'm doing or how I look or like all the critiques that, that you kind of go through sometimes when you're not able to be present. And then um, and as I got better at being more confident in those spaces, then I was able to not rely on 69. It's still one of my favorite things. And I know it's, it's a controversial one. It's one of those things people either hate it or they love it. It's like the word moist. They can't take, they can't stand it or it doesn't matter. Like there, it's just, it's a, it's a very, I love going on FetLife and you'll see somebody be like, I'll die on this hill, but 69ing is the best or the worst or whatever. And you'll just you know, tons of comments. That's how you can really get engagement. Um, that'll be the poll that I'll put with this on Spotify, where they let you ask questions. I'll be like 69ing. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Um, but, uh, but I, but I take that into my work now where I'm just like, oh yeah, well, this is a way to do it. But ultimately we, maybe you want to get here. I, I don't know what everybody's sexual journey looks like or where they want to get to, because you don't know what you don't know. 
but I was definitely workshopping sex back then. And now I think um, sex is very spiritual for me. Um, it's better, like you said, like it gets better when you know the person more. Like, so for me, sex is just, yeah, everything in my relationship has gotten better the longer we've been together, which is not what I, I expected. <laughs> I mean, I expect things to kind of peak and then level out, but like things are great on that side of things. And um, it, it's interesting um, being in an open relationship, technically an open relationship. I don't really crave connection with other people because I need such a depth. Like you say, demisexual, like it has to be really intriguing for me to like, I must have a really good connection with the person to want to expand the connection. It's not just about going in to do the sex thing. It's just about we're friends and we have this lovely connection. What would it be like to expand the connection? And it's definitely coming from a place of um, abundance rather than scarcity of like, I don't need to, I don't need the buffet of all the sexual partners anymore. Like it's, I'd rather have like the richness of one with depth than maybe the number of, of um, experiences doesn't matter as much to me anymore. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I really, everybody's different. Yeah, I, mean, I relate to many things you're sharing. And um, I, I did remember to your question of, do I like, do I give people a heads up about some myself sexually or things? Um, uh, these days, sometimes I, I will say to someone that, Oh, I'm I'm finding I'm more like demisexual. So, uh, yeah. So one, I, I I might I might like to take it slower than than some people, or um, especially me if I'm noticing that maybe they want to move to sex or like something sexual like quicker than I do. Like then I'll I'll say that. Um, and things been super fun. Is uh, I don't remember if it's new or a reemergence. Um, like I've really been getting into teasing lately and, and, and this year. And so um, that feels like that, that just like hits, hits the nail on the head for me. Cause then, then I'm I think in a very sexy and like culturally, more culturally accepted way and, and a more normalized way <laughs> I'm getting to slow down or like choose the pace. Um, and then there's that desire and then seeing their desire build increases my desire so those are some things that I will, yeah, talk about. And um, I'm just kind of repeating, but I feel like especially the talking about it in, in terms of teasing has felt really good for me because I think it's, um, I mean, it's more palatable for the other, for my mm -hmm. partner, because teasing, um, I think it's associated with Oh, I'm still attracted to you. I'm interested in you, and I'm just wanting to to build the tension, anticipation. Whereas, stoke yeah, the fire. Yeah, stoke the fire. Whereas, if I like sit down, get you know, academic, well, like I'm I'm sapiosexual, and like or you know, and I think those are great words. And even for me, as I speak them, I just feel kind of like <laughs> it just kind of decreases the um, uh, yeah, sexual desire or tension or something. So I think it gets gets me a little more intellectual and out of my body. It reminds me of power, power play, yeah. right? Um, power yeah. dynamics. So 
you could either have the the dynamic of like dominant i'm going to talk in heterosexual mononormative speak for a second you can people at home can adjust this to whatever your orientation and and whatnot but in in like a in, in like a heterosexual relationship having like the dominant female with the you're not allowed to get an erection play is fun right and then the flip side of that would be like a dominant male saying i'm just going to tease and deny you because what happens there is when you when when it maybe it goes the the way of the erection you can then be like okay and now we can do the thing or i i do that with clients a lot of like no we're just going to play in like we're in high mm. school right and we can make out and I'm going to like make, make you make all these fun noises. Cause you're either you're squirmy, like your body isn't used to having this kind of touch. And so we got to kind of desensitize you a little bit. Maybe just having my mouth right here in your neck is enough to make your, like you become over, like oversensitive mm -hmm. to it. Like you got to be able to regulate that a little bit. So, so putting limits there, like the tease, putting a limit there, my, hope for this client that I'm thinking of specifically is that eventually in that play of taking all of that off the off the table there will be a point where his erection is showing up consistently so that we can expand that and it won't be such a a surprise that either a surprise that the erection is there or a surprise that it's not right it'll just be kind of like oh today we get to change the rule Right. And you get to utilize your erection that showed up. But that's with a goal in mind of of getting the erection back. Right. But if the erection's not going to come back, I just think that 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 tease and denial is so much fun. And then once in a while you go farther is <laughs> just like I love walking out of a space and being I am so hot right now. Like what a great way to start the day or you know, take that home for mm. masturbation or whatever that is, like get up, like squeeze all the juice out of that, that you can. Cause like, it was fun in high school, at least for me, I mean, everybody's experience was very different, but like, I love that just getting hot and bothered and not having to take it somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, one, I noticed that like, just as you're talking and I think of like, something else that we haven't talked so, so i'm guessing it's fine i just jump all over the place yeah feel free, feel yes, free to guide please. Me. um um i'll say another part of my journey has been both um at times when i've had wrecks and disappointment or just different experiences there or um maybe not uh not lasting as long you know, i'm having sex is what i want and when I start to talk to my my guy friends, which I my friends who are men, who I am very very fortunate to have um, friendships, I, I believe are um, compared to the norm a lot like deeper, a lot more like open and vulnerable, and and all those things. Um, how much more common these things are than I predict. I'm like, oh, like, oh, this like guy that for whatever reason, you know, I had this story in my head, like, oh, he wouldn't have that. He's like, oh yeah, I had this at this time. And this has helped me. And so that was something that's been really helpful for me is talking to people and being reminded that like you were sharing, it's so much more, all these 
all this diversity of human experience is so much more common than what we often predict it is. It's just that our culture and many of us are afraid to to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to be the first one right. to speak up? Right. But once you do, if you do mm-hmm. take that chance, that's when you find mm-hmm. out that it's, it's really common that you're not alone. Yeah. Right. And so somebody has to start that conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, you know, another part of, you know, soft cock week, hopefully, yeah, it might start mm-hmm. as a joke. Right. I think a lot of people think soft cock week, like, oh, but if it starts some conversations, then we're farther along than we were before we started. You know, um, we have some events with this week. Um, by the time this comes out, it, it will be um, too late to join. The first event is uh, the soft launch um, or soft opening. Sorry, soft opening. Um it's a live town hall situation, but it is to create space for people to talk about their experiences. But we really, I really want people to take that back to their communities. You know, men struggle with depth of relationship. You know, women talk about this stuff a lot easier, maybe not always from a place of education, unfortunately, Um, but they at least talk about it. Hopefully they have that one sex geek friend in their group that can point them (laughs) to, to good, accurate information. Um, but, you know, start the conversation and then just get really curious because we, we live in the internet age. You could pop online and maybe you're not always going to find the best advice, find some good resources for good sex advice. And maybe I'll throw some in the, in the, um, show notes for this, but, um, we gotta, we gotta do something. Having you be 20 something years old and your doctor saying, you could always try Viagra. Like you can, and there are risks to it. It reminds me, I have a friend, maybe I should see if he wants to come on to talk about, he had a stroke after using Viagra. So like, it's not without, without risk. And, and one of my biggest things was like, it was like the only thing, it was the only thing that he mentioned. It like, it wasn't, you know, here's four things and try these other three first. It was. Yeah. Yeah. But good for you for going to your doctor, because that's that's the thing that I want to really emphasize this this week is that um, go get Mm -hmm. a medical checkup first. Um, You could have an underlying health condition that really could use attention. Um, It's not to be ignored. Um, A a person that helps me with this week, her personal story is losing a, a partner because they didn't. Um, catch undiagnosed diabetes and they just I, I they could have with the erection issue um found more more information so we don't want to ever minimize this to say um erectile disappointment isn't a big deal um it it it, it doesn't need to be beyond making sure you're still healthy you know yeah yeah that feels somber. That feels like a, I mean, yeah. And that feels really, yeah, but it's reality and it's important. Yeah. And the same thing with like the, the risk of Mm -hmm. medications, right? There, there always a risk with medications. I don't know of any medication on the market that doesn't have some kind of risk profile and we have to decide what's, what risk are we willing to take educated risk, right? It's, it's the, 
There's no such thing as safe sex. There's safer sex, right? There's no such thing as taking medication and not having some kind of risk involved. Um, there are lots of ways to to um, decide to engage with your with your penis, right? You can go the method of medication. You can go the method of implants. You can go all these different ways. I support all of those. Do them with education and know that an erection is not necessary to have really great partnered sex. Yeah. Yeah. 200%, yeah. Michelle. It reminds me of an experience I had this this year. And I think this is interesting. At first, I was going to say it was like brand new for me, but it's almost like it was a little bit different, but it's like now it kind of reminds me maybe a little bit of like high school experience. And um, it was a new, new partner and um, we were cuddling and, and having like more clear erotic energy for the first time. And I, I said to her, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying connecting with you on it and it doesn't feel right to kiss you tonight. And, we, and we'd already been on a few dates. Um, and she's like, yeah, I, I agree. So the whole night we I, I like caress and, and there was like teasing and, and the tension was just like, <laughs> you could just cut it with a knife. And it was in, for both of us incredible incredible experience incredibly enjoyable um so much in, in, like so interesting so much more memorable than than probably like 95 percent of my penis and vagina to orgasm experience, sex experiences um uh yeah and it's it just incredible for both and um yeah I, <laughs> and yeah so yeah we're both we both said it was a really no. amazing experience. My colleague, Brian Gibney, and I, um, we go way back. And uh, when I moved to Baltimore from San Diego, um, I had my first surrogate partner client. And Brian had agreed to mentor me. And I, I was quickly realizing that my training just wasn't mm -hmm. really sufficient. And I was like, shit, shit, shit. I don't know what to do. You know, I've a lot of it was online. It was... I don't think her training is always online, but it was like post-Sesta-Fosta. There was just a lot of weirdness around mm -hmm. our industries. And I had met Brian and he was like, I'd be happy to mentor you. And I'd moved to the, to the Mid-Atlantic and Brian is in the Mid-Atlantic. And so I, I get this new client and I panic and I'm like, I don't know how to do Sensate Focus. Like mm -hmm. I've watched the videos, but I don't have, I realized I wanted a baseline of how it should feel. Like what is the goal? in this, in this, in this, um, exercise, like what should I feel in my body if it's going well? Right. So to do that, you don't do that with a client who doesn't know what they're doing mm. to get that baseline. So thankfully mm. he was only a three hour drive away. And so I hopped in the car, mm. went to him and he gave me the most amazing hand caress. It was hot as fuck. And it was, like just the quality of touch and the energy with it was so mm. delicious. And I, I have this running joke with him is that we had sex that day. Like if you expand mm. your definition of sex, right? That mm. was sex. And we, we, we joke about it um, between us and we reunited. We don't see each other in person very often. And we reunited to go to New York last summer for an interview. And so we're sitting in this coffee shop in um, New York City. And we're like, you want to recreate the first time we had sex? 
the only i mean we've never actually ever had sex um and and so he, he did the hand caress to get at me in the coffee shop and i'm just like oh my gosh it's so good and i like it my my brain goes to if he touches my mm. hand that way i wonder what the rest of his touch is like and, and we ha- we are never going to go down that road together um but it's just fun to mm. even know that 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 thought is there that fantasy is there mm. that's enough like it's a fun little flirtation um that is stuck in my head and it's like that same like oh the sensual touch or like um energetic orgasms like i know this is like way out of most people's uh, like what is that like I have had um, people in my life that I have to have a lot of connection with them to really go to get to that place. But to be able to like not even have like direct genital contact, but have just like orgasms running through your body is like freaking amazing. Would highly recommend and also warn people about it because to me it's incredibly mm. bonding. And I would have to go back to my partner and be like, yeah, that fucks with my head. You need to reclaim this because that's incredibly connective for me. So, yeah. Yeah. It's been awesome. It's related to some of what you have been sharing and um, <clears throat> I've learned on my journey that with the people who I want to be partnered with um they're like a good fit for me that often me sharing about like my just yeah authentic experience with the um you know erections disappointment or, or whatever it is um can be so bonding you know it can be so vulnerable and then creating closeness and connection and safety and then you know, all that leads to more enjoyable mm-hmm. intimacy um and like you were saying that so many uh people who are female bodied or, or with uh, male bodied it's, and, and all, all bodies have, yeah, you know, often have their, um, their experiences and, and times where they're disappointed or they want things to be different with their bodies. So, and I know when I, I I'm, I'm pretty certain when I was growing up and younger, I would have thought that like, Oh, it was just, uh, yeah, either a me thing. Um, it was like uh, that only men had to worry about, sexual perform or only worried about sexual performance um mm-hmm. yeah yeah we're all going through it we should be kinder to ourselves i hate to use the word should mm-hmm. my wish my wish is that we were all kinder to ourselves and more compassionate towards our partners and towards ourselves right that um that that conversation is such a turn on for me like that's just like part of uh what does it look like to sexually connect is is part of that is those kind of vulnerable conversations like intimacy i always think of um uh len daly from cuddle party um yeah past um always used to you know really really hammer down the intimacy is mm. into me you see right and if you're not getting vulnerable if you're not able to show up authentically, there's a wall, right? And letting some of that go feels so, so scary. But with um, with an emotionally mature partner, 
I say that with a caveat, right? I don't want to put people in the lion's den. But if you've got a partner that you've established some trust and safety with, tiptoeing into some of that if you're not used to doing it can really, really improve your relationship and your connection. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I see as my journey and yeah, sharing for uh, options for people listening are that um, like some things that I've found really to be helpful for myself and others are around some of these topics are finding that uh, they do the research, like safe group workshops or safe spaces that are positive clothing, optional body, positive sexuality, positive um, and real experiential learners. So that's been really helpful for me and to see the, the diversity of different bodies, including um, penises um, and, you know, many more are soft at uh, most of the time. Um, if, if people are ever interested, uh, I do, I've been doing some clothing optional male intimacy workshops that, yeah, it's really powerful for guys to, to be focusing on connection and emotional and physical intimacy and uh, have boundaries where uh, sex is not on the table uh, in the workshop, but erotic feelings and some erotic touch is. Um, so think, think that's men, men, men with uh, men. Yeah, some some of mine lately have been. Yeah, okay. just want to clarify so that people know exactly like who who is it for? Right. Yeah, right? this this is uh, all men. Yeah, and, and, yeah uh, like male to male, men to men. Yep, intimacy mm -hmm. has been some of mine. Mm -hmm. um, and are those open to um, trans and cis men uh, or? So yeah, great. Do you have a question. specialty? Um, I mean, uh, cis men, yes, like trans men, like I say, like talk to me, have a conversation. I'm, I'm personally would love, I personally love diversity and like, well, everyone. And, and I know that, yeah, different people in my community are at different levels of evolution. So I'd want to make sure that I'd feel like a safe space. So I'd, I'd probably have an individual yeah, conversation with someone. Yeah, I feel you on that. It's like there, there's no way to make. It's one thing for us to to desire mm -hmm. safety for mm -hmm. everyone involved, right? And we, and, and then it's like, how do we? We can't secure it, right? So it's really about helping manage expectations or having a good feel of your group or what have you. Yeah, and you're in Philadelphia, yeah. correct? Yep. Thanks, Philadelphia based. And, yep. Want to make sure. Do you do any virtual coaching do or anything like that? Do people remotely and travel to people some uh, sometimes. And uh, hopefully starting this winter, I'll hopefully do some um, those male intimacy workshops in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hoping so. Oh, yeah. that sounds nice. Yeah, maybe in the yeah. winter. Um, do you do workshops that are um, for straight men? I have done them in the past. Haven't done them lately. Um, and I definitely desire to at, at some point, yeah, for straight men and, and all gender workshops. I, I even, I've been, actually I was talking to yeah. uh, Anna Joy and, and I think she wants, we both want to do um, like an all women's, like all femme workshops as well. Yeah. 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 Um, Cause I remember you were doing all men's cuddle parties too right. at one point. Right. And that to me, so <laughs> as another cuddle party facilitator, 
Um, just people listening, Cuddle Party is a consent and communication workshop that happens to use cuddling as an opportunity to practice some of the skills that are in the initial workshop part, part of the event. And you never actually have to cuddle anybody at a cuddle party. What I love, so part of being a cuddle party facilitator was always that question of like, do you balance, do you gender balance your workshops? At least I haven't done cuddle parties in years, but I'm assuming it's still a thing that comes up. And I think there is such an amazing opportunity for men to cuddle other men because of their relationship with, say, their father or just with other men in general to be in a platonic space and, and figure out what kind of connection would mm -hmm. feel really good to them. It's such a, oh my goodness, this is not about sex. It's about learning how to connect and there's healing in, in men sure. working with men. There really is what, no matter what your yeah. orientation is, there's so much opportunity there when you, when you get away from um, focusing on only cuddling with the gender that you're attracted to. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent, Michelle. And 2017, um, at that time, it was only a personal, only part of my personal journey, not professional. I started um, being involved in a, a men's platonic therapeutic touch and cuddling group. It, you probably have seen the, the article that went, yeah, it went, about, famous. It went famous on our group. And uh, at the time I only identified as straight. So it was a, it was a large stretch in my comfort zone at that time. Um, partly because I didn't realize I had some uh, still unprocessed part of trauma from the past. And that that work and those men, those times was was life changing for me, per, like person changing. Um, yeah, in, in so, so many ways. So, yeah, I think it's so, so bad. Yay for evolving mm. sexualities, right? Like my sexuality, just in general, how mm. I connect to sex has changed so much over the years. Um, orientation, certainly what is orientation anymore in my world? I'm just like, if I like you, I like you. I don't really think about what kind of body you come in. Um, but just like, even like really embracing this responsive desire part of me, that's part of my sexuality. Um, recently I've realized that, um, I, I don't believe, or it's very rare that I experience sexual attraction. I have sexual desire and the difference people go, what's the difference? Well, the difference is, is the desire directed mm -hmm. towards someone or is it just a desire? Mm -hmm. Right. I am so sensually attracted mm -hmm. to people. I want mm -hmm. to touch them. I want to be close to them. Right. And that eventually gets me to the mm -hmm. sexual desire, but it's not about sexual attraction for me. These are all these little nuances in like, it's, it's like, it, it doesn't have to be one way forever. And I think as we get to know ourselves better, of course, all these things change, you know, like you said, trauma, trauma can play a, a big part in that too. And like, it's like giving yourself permission to go, but what if, what if that's just a story? So yay to expansive sexuality yeah. yeah yay yeah um is, is it okay if i plug my 
offering bit. Plug away. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I know there's so much. I'm such a pervert. Such a pervert. Like you want to plug a plug? I really like the enjoy plugs. Those are my favorite. But anyways, um, I digress. Yeah, also, yeah, if it would, if, it would, if someone's interested, it'd possibly serve them to explore any of these things with me, either remotely or in person. Um, yeah, feel free to reach out and at my uh, website, cuddlingandcoaching.com, one word. Uh, you can also sign up to res to receive invites to my to my workshops um cuddling and coaching.com and my if you want to just google me my full name is kyle robert hoffman kyle i'm so glad to know you thank you for having what could feel like a really vulnerable conversation i don't know how you feel about it now i know you, with your nerves coming into it you know um i know other people will say, wow, that you were so open. Thank you so much. That must be so difficult. I know when I hear that, I go, ah, this is kind of just who I am. But I just want to say, if this, like, this is important. I appreciate you. I'm sure that our relationship helps make this easier because I've known you. When did you come to Cuddlist? 2018. So, so we have a, a, a good chunk of history between us. Well, not a lot. Go to cuddlist.com and catch a picture of me and Kyle with axes because that's cuddly. I think it's the only time we've met in person, right? I know. I'm like, when can we get that off the website? I'm the director of training there now. I should have some clout in this. They're redoing the website, so I'm sure it'll be gone. So yeah. go to cuddlist.com quickly if you want to catch Kyle and I with axes. Um yeah, it's a pleasure to have mm. you in my world. Thank you for for asking to be a part of this. And I and you know, I I I give my recommendation like go check out Kyle. We all the, here's the thing. We all got to find the the person that's the right fit for us for support. And and it might be Kyle. You know, who knows? Figure out who you connect with. I think Kyle's got lots of videos out there. There's lots of ways. If this if this interview wasn't enough to tell you, you know, what he's like, um, there's there's lots of videos out there. So thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for for supporting Soft Cock Week with your your list, like giving us a listen. Like that's wonderful. Give us a review. Um, follow us. We're only putting out interviews during Soft Cock Week but they'll be available all year. You can re-listen um, and, and we'll see you again next year. Thank you, Michelle. Appreciate, Thanks, you. Everybody. Appreciate everyone listening. Wow. Do I enjoy talking about softcock? Thank you for listening. If you didn't catch the video version, I invite you to find us on YouTube or Spotify with video. If you found this podcast to be helpful and you feel you can give us five stars, I invite you to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. New episodes of the Soft Cock Week podcast only drop during the week of Soft Cock Week, so please make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of them. Lastly, give us a follow on social media and check out our resources, Soft Cock Love Notes, and events at softcockweek.com. Signing off from Southern California with so much love. Mwah!